0: Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I'm Lindsay Smith, and I'm joined as always by Saul Bookman, Gerald Bourget, and Espo. Guys, how are you feeling after last night's big win?
1: Tired but excited. I think is uh, is the vibe.
2: Yeah, a million percent. I'm still dragging ass today, but that's okay because it's a good dragon ass. I don't know if that's such a thing, but here we go. It's a happy, excited ass. (laughs) Whoa! I
0: feel you guys. I feel you guys a lot on that one, and I think a lot of people can because I mean, how could you sleep after last night's win? The the come down from that was hard.
1: Yeah, and I I'm sure it was like that for the players though too. Like, I that's that's a lot of. Uh, a lot of emotion, a lot of energy that's expended. It does not surprise me that they canceled practice today after everything that went into to winning that game. They gutted that, that win out uh, without Devin Booker, uh, and they did it with defense, and that takes a lot out of you. Uh, and it took a lot out of fans watching it, too.
0: Absolutely. All right, well, the Phoenix Suns have won 17 straight games, tying the longest winning streak in franchise history. The other team that accomplished this was, of course, the 06-07 Suns team. And Espo, I know you have somewhat of an ode to these teams, so take it away.
1: Well, look, I I know that I take a, a lot of grief for being the nostalgic guy on this show, but I think history is important for context, right? It helps us remember and, and put things uh, in perspective when it comes to a win streak like this. The Suns in this particular Suns team are on the verge of becoming the best Phoenix Suns team ever. And why that is important is because this is a franchise that for 53 years at best has been the bridesmaid and never the bride, right? And why I look back at that 0607 team and not compare, I, I don't want this to be an argument of is 0607 Uh, You know, is that lineup better? I don't want to pit eras against each other and player versus player. The perspective for me is when you look at it, that team won 17 games and fell short of their ultimate goal of winning a title. Now, the interesting thing is when we were talking about this win streak, 0607 came up twice. They passed them uh, when they won 16 games because the 0607 team owed the third longest win streak in Suns history at fifteen games, and the first longest win streak at seventeen games. Right. The interesting thing is there were only three games in between those two win streaks. The Suns went one and two in those three games. So overall, in thirty five in a thirty five game stretch, they went thirty three and two. Jeez. But they did it predicated primarily on offense that that was still seven seconds or less sons that's Nash Amari Marion they did it by by running teams out of the gym what this team has done is with defense and, and that 17th win was huge in, in doing so uh to that, that it proved how much in, how important defense is DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges defense won that game against the Warriors. Their team defense and that mentality enforcing turnovers won that game for the Warriors. That 0607 team didn't have that kind of a defensive mentality. They weren't a physical team. They weren't a team that that got in your heads that way, like this, this team this year. And what eventually was the demise of that 0607 team was that Spurs team that out-physicaled them, that bullied them, that led to the uh, you know the hip check. And this team is set up and built differently. They and I don't think they're going to run into that kind of pitfall. And, and to me, that's the interesting thing here. This this 33 and 2, I think this Suns team could certainly reach that or eclipse it it would not shock me if they went 34 and one over over 35 game stretch but the differentiating factor is the toughness with this team and to me the perspective is what was the downfall for that 17 win team is not a factor
2: with this 17 win uh, 17 game win streak team the the hope here hinges on the difference Right. It, it hinges on the fact that this is a defensive team or a defensive focus team as opposed to the offensive focus team that we saw in the past. Um, you know, we, you guys were kind of jokingly uh, saying that I was a curmudgeon last night, or at least you were as not really Lindsay, but yeah, neither um, of you knew the be, definition be, of the and, word. And, and I was talking about how, like, I didn't really care about the 06, 07 team. Um, and, and that's kind of where, you know, I feel about this team is like, It's so awesome that they've won 17 games in a row. And you just talked about they were forever a bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, If they don't win a championship this year, they're just the prettiest bridesmaid, but they're still a bridesmaid, right? And so I think the the ultimate thing about this is you got to win the championship. You just got to. Otherwise, these winning streaks are cool and they're fun in the regular season, but you're always going to have that question afterwards. And that's what feels so different about this team. Defense – no matter what coach you talk to, defense is something that you could always rely on because that's just effort. That's knowledge of you know uh, being able to move and, and chemistry and understanding sets and how to get through screens and how you want to match up with 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 teams. And that's something that you can you can control on your end is your effort um, to do that. Uh, offense sometimes you're going to have off nights, and when you play against a banging team, basically last night was was the version of. The sons of the past versus the sons now. The Warriors represent kind of what the sons of the past used to be with the Nash and 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 the running gun sons, and they ran into what you would equate to the Spurs of the past in last night with the with the Suns team of today, and um, you love to see it.
1: But the Warriors are are a better defensive team than those Suns teams ever were too. And and just a kind of final thought uh, on the uh, on looking at the past. To me, every team they passed on this win streak was a team that failed to reach their goal, and every one of these teams was predicated so much on being just offensive juggernauts. And it's the old, if you keep doing the same thing, the definition of insanity is if you keep doing the same thing and expect different results. They're doing things differently now, and that's why I think this team is more uh, equipped to have a different result in the end and, and win that title. And it's not a fluke. This is this proves, again, last year was not a fluke in any sense of the
2: way.
3: Right. I, I think the defensive thing is obviously the big thing that stands out because that 06-07 team, I think, was like middle of the pack in defensive rating. And that's about as good as it got for the Suns during the seven seconds or less era because they were so dominant offensively. And, you know, you look at the way that the league has changed since then, it, it's Crazy to compare, like you were saying, Espo, it's it's not so much a comparison as much as trying to project where this team might be different from that team. Because, you know, the, that Suns team, their pace would have ranked 29th in the NBA today. And, you know, they were seen as a very fast team. So it's kind of crazy how much more up-tempo the game is now. Um, but the difference here is that the Suns, this is the first great Suns defensive team that we've seen in a really, really, really long time. Um, So I I think, you know, you look at the fact that there's only been, I think 21 win streaks of at least 17 games in NBA history. Um, That's certainly something worth diving into as far as how many of those teams were able to finish the job um, in in trying to project where the Suns are going to end up, whether they'll finish the deal. Because like Saul's saying, you know, it's cool and everything, but it means a lot less if you don't finish the job at the end of the day. And we're looking way down the road here, of course, but um, this is a fun time to be a Suns fan. They're playing a four-win Detroit Pistons team next to try and beat the franchise record for consecutive wins. Um, And it's exciting that they actually have a balanced team instead of just this up-tempo offensive juggernaut. They they can win in so many different ways because they're great offensively and defensively.
2: Gerald, out of sheer curiosity. curiosity, <clears throat> sorry I'm uh, sure curiosity uh you said that the sons of the no uh, 607 uh, would rank 29th in terms of pace this mm-hmm. year who are the teams that would be behind them right now and how awful are they
3: <laughs> I think the team the <laughs> one team that would be behind them in pace is the Denver Nuggets they are playing oh. at a very slow pace right now
2: <laughs> wow well
1: uh, that's because they have all these hobbled guys dragging body parts behind them <laughs> trying to get up and down the court this year. Uh, so, Gerald, I believe, and I believe, I'm believe i trying to remember, but I believe it's since 2000 there's been 15 teams to have a win streak of 16 or more in the NBA. Of those, 11 teams have made it at least to the conference finals, and I believe seven of them won the title. I, I think that's the numbers. I'm trying – I, okay. I could not find it in my notes, but I think that's the, that's the numbers. So just because you hit this plateau doesn't guarantee success. Obviously that 0607 team was out in the second round, but it does tend to be a pretty good sign that you are at least going to make it to your conference finals. If you pull that off in the regular season.
3: Absolutely. And then that's pretty cool. And it's, um, Again, it's one of those things where you want this team to be a part of history. You want them to finish the job so they can be another one of those teams that, you know, had this win streak and finished the job. Um, because otherwise, it's just kind of like a fun thing that happened once upon a time. And, you know, to be fair, we do remember the 06-07 team as one of the best chances that Steve Nash had at a title. We remember it for the hip check and the suspensions and everything that went down with that. And it's a pity that team couldn't be remembered diff- differently. It'd just be nice for one of these Suns teams that does something historic like this to break through and end this damn curse over this franchise.
0: Right. We don't want another team to become uh, at or to be added onto the list of what ifs. Right. The Suns have so many what ifs throughout their history. And a lot of these teams, like they're to be praised, absolutely, because they accomplish great things, but they never accomplish the one singular goal that I think everyone is going after. Right. Which is a championship. Hopefully this team can accomplish that so that it doesn't end up on the what what if list moving forward.
2: And that's the thing is like we're talking about team, right? We're talking about, you know, and the ultimate team reward is a championship. So all these teams have been. I always say that these teams were, were all very, very good, but none of them were great because they didn't win a championship. Um, and, the, you know, and sometimes it's it's because you go up against Michael Jordan in the NBA Finals, the the greatest player of all time, um, and sometimes it's just because you have some damn bad luck. But or either way, refs. yeah, or crooked <laughs> refs, yeah, which is bad luck. <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, the Suns and, and really the Valley as a whole outside of the Diamondbacks, It's just so thirsty for somebody to overcome that giant-ass hump and finally win a title. Um, And really, it comes down to the Cardinals and the Suns, in my opinion. The Suns more so than anybody else because the Suns are the original franchise.
1: Look, look, one thing to defend myself, in terms of the nostalgia thing...
2: He's getting and, choked uh, up. Sorry. I am.
1: I, I'm, I'm very nostalgic <laughs> about talking about nostalgia, but there's a difference between understanding historical perspective to, to give a better uh, view on what's going on currently and nostalgia right now. I'm not nostalgic for the seven seconds or less sons. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be back there. I just remember that they've done something similar and where that wound up and and trying to put historical perspective on it. For sure. Now now nostalgia is why you love a team in part because there's this memory of when you were younger, when you fell in love at, at first with sports, and that's why you stick around. But historical perspective is important to to put things into context.
2: For sure. All right, now we're going quiet. Sorry, (laughs) We've bored them to death.
0: No, I muted myself and then I couldn't get back out. (laughs) She
2: heard nostalgia and she fell asleep. (laughs) Never.
0: I appreciate the nostalgia, especially from you, Espo, because like I wasn't present for a lot of those things. So I feel like you bring a good perspective to it and I enjoy hearing about it from your your angle.
1: Did Lindsay basically just say, you're so old that you remember things <laughs> that I wasn't alive yep. for? That's exactly No, what but you
0: also look back at it. You de- take deep dives into it. You you put in the work. That's all I'm saying. You put in the work. Sounds
2: all like right. <laughs> put in the work is just stuck in his brain forever. I, I put in the work when I was younger to watch all this <laughs> crap and never forget it. So.
0: I'm trying to pay you a compliment. Just take it. Okay. Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> I appreciate welcome. it. All right. Before we head into takeaways from last night's game, I want to tell all the football fans out there that I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from the DraftKings Sportsbook app an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you will be a winner once a single point scored. That's right. New customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with using the code PHNX, after you bet just $1 on any NFL team to score, and they do, you can win $100 in free bets instantly. It is that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. So the more legs you add, the more money you can win. And if you've got some free bets, that's a great way to take advantage of them and potentially win a whole bunch of money. As we've mentioned before, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, one more time download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, use promo code PHNX, bet $1 on any NFL team to score, and win $100 in free bets if they do. When they score, you score with the promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. That is 21 and older only, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, guys. Last night, obviously, the Suns defeated the Warriors 104-96, moving to the top of the Western Conference. Let's get into a little bit of takeaways from this Suns vs. Warriors game, because we're going to get a repeat this Friday, only a few days away, and then another repeat on Christmas, just a few weeks away. What would you say, Gerald, we can start with you, um, since you weren't able to join us very long for our post game last night. What were some of your takeaways for this one?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I wrote about it more in depth at gophnx.com if anyone listening is interested um, obviously the big one is what's going on with Devin Booker, but kind of injury aside. Um, I really do think that we need to be talking about Mikhail Bridges in the defensive player of the year conversation a little bit more. I feel like we need to be talking about the Suns as the by far best clutch team in the NBA so far. And I think we need to be talking about Deandre Ayton, who, you know, not only punished the Warriors small ball lineups with his size down low and his, the way that he was sealing and rolling to the rim. But he also played a big part in Curry's, you know, off night. He that was So last night was the worst shooting performance of Steph Curry's career statistically, which is pretty impressive. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time. But, you know, he went four for 21, three for 14 from three. And a lot of those shots, he did miss some open ones. He had, I think, about five three-pointers that were relatively open for him that he just missed. But there were about three or four contests out on the perimeter where DeAndre Ayton got switched onto him, did an excellent job getting a hand up and making that shot difficult, rushing him a little bit. He even blocked his shot at one point. And we talked about this, but but seeing a seven-footer block Steph Curry on the perimeter, like, like Steph Curry threes getting blocked in general is like seeing a unicorn in real life. Like it just doesn't happen very often. I can't remember the last time Curry got blocked on a 3 so oh. the job that he did Hold on a was
1: tremendous. Have What's you that? seen a unicorn, Gerald? Because you said it doesn't happen very often. I just want to know. <laughs> have you seen a unicorn?
3: Where you hide them. Uh, Only in Harry only in Harry Potter movies. Okay. Unfortunately.
1: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
3: Um, but yeah, I, I I feel like, you know, Mikhail Bridges got most of the credit for last night's defensive effort, and, and rightfully so, because he is putting together a defensive player of the year campaign. But we need to give Aiton some love too, because he did a great job when the Warriors tried to switch him onto Steph Curry in those pick and rolls with Draymond green. So those are some of the big things that kind of stood out to me that will be relevant again, you know, when they play the Warriors on Friday, when they play them on Christmas and potentially when they see them in the playoffs, maybe even the Western conference finals. Um, those are definitely some things to keep an eye on because this was a close matchup and these are two very good teams. Curry's not going to shoot that poorly again but there are a lot of things that we can take from this game and apply them moving forward.
2: Mikhail Bridges, 14 steals in the last three games, is the most by a Suns player in a three-game span since Sean Marion in 2004-2005. That's mm-hmm. pretty incredible, considering how great of a defensive player Sean Marion was and how how honestly, like, when I look at Mikhail Bridges, I think his flexibility um, is just... It's just unbelievable. He can basically guard anybody 1 through 4 um and even maybe even 5 because he's just that damn good and he's just so quick with his hands. He gets in the passing lanes. He's the the difference between Sean Marion and 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 Steph Curry is I always felt like Sean Marion was a great defender but against smaller guards maybe not as effective as I feel like Mikhail Bridges is just because of his length. I I, I maybe I have that wrong. I don't know, you guys tell me. No, Mikhail's length makes him
1: so versatile on on anybody, you know. But also, it's a very much more switching mentality nowadays too, where you switch everything with with this why, which in part is why you saw Da wind up uh, on Steph so much. But there's no doubt that uh, that Mikhail Bridges should be in that conversation for Defensive Player of the Year, and like we talked about doing it last night with. Uh, with, you know, the the basketball world watching uh, was much more impactful for his case than it was, uh, you know, against the Nets when when college football was going on uh, on Saturday night. Like this, they took notice of Mikhail Bridges. But as a game of, from a global perspective and, and looking at facing the Warriors in the future and what we learned, you know, Steph, is likely, we know, and I feel pretty safe saying this, Steph won't wind up having that poor of a game again against the Suns. If he does, that's a true testament to just how unbelievable Mikhail is. But in all likelihood, he will he may not have a full Steph game, but he's not going to play as poorly as he did last night. But what I think you can you know take umbrage in is the fact that I don't think you're going to see, you know, Pool and Porter Jr. shoot like they did. I mean, they shot a combined ten of twenty from from beyond the arc uh, on threes. Like they're not going to shoot like that consistently against you and have that hot of a night. So even if Steph does come back more towards who he usually is, I don't think you're going to see the the role players in Golden State. Have that big of an impact, so I still think net hole. This Suns team is in a very good position when taking on the Warriors. Now Friday is going to be tough because, in all likelihood, uh, you know, and I, and again, I feel pretty safe saying this: Devin Booker isn't playing on Friday, right? Uh, with the, with a hamstring issue, uh, so that that obviously changes the dynamics in some way and right. the complexion but I still feel the Suns team matches up very good against the Warriors and DeAndre Ayton's aggressiveness offensively uh, is a big part of that. And, and you hope to see that in each of these matchups,
0: you know, going back to DeAndre and Mikel's defense, I think one of the things that I really enjoy from those two guys is their mindset on how they approach things like Mikel bridges last night. I think Gerald, you might've asked him this question just about, his focus, you know, on when he's guarding Steph Curry and he immediately turned it into a whole team effort. He didn't really take any of that praise. He didn't take any of that personally. It was always a whole team effort, being on a string, making sure they're communicating with one another. And that I think says a lot for this team. Like, especially when we were talking about the potential of what this team could do long-term. And then the same thing for DeAndre. And I know DeAndre and Mikel have had these conversations before. I've been present for them at at some points. Like their whole entire goal is to turn things around here. And the way that DeAndre approaches bad nights or tough situations is always a lesson learned. He never Mm. gets too disappointed. He never gets too down on himself. The team as a whole, they never do that to each other either. And I think that's so important when you're really trying to do something amazing here is the way that you mentally approach things. I mean, we talk about it in life in general all the time. There's such a big push on mental health and mental stability. And in a job where you're required to show up and be great every single night, or you're expected to at least, being able to take those hard moments and just turn them into learning lessons or motivation instead of getting too down on yourself is so important for the long term.
3: Right. And I think that's you can't say enough about Aiton's not just his work ethic, but his mentality and the way that he's open to the kind of constructive criticism that play that comes with playing with a guy like Devin Booker, that comes with being a big man for a Chris Paul led team. You know, that's not an easy thing to do. And I, I think the Suns are well where they're well aware of that to the point that they you know heap on the praise when he does the things that they like like we saw last night you know um Devin, or DeAndre Ayton set those two screens for Chris Paul in the third quarter he got back to back mid-range jumpers and DeAndre Ayton was dog tired and Chris Paul came over to him he was encouraging him gave him a pat on the head and he t- said after the game I was just telling him keep doing keep doing what you're doing like you're all right you're all right like this is working um and he said when you know, DeAndre Ayton sets those screens. I don't get those mid-range looks without kind of the mismatches that that creates when he sets the screen and rolls hard, like like he was last night. So you've really got to give him props for just responding to the feedback that he gets from the older, more experienced players on this team and incorporating it. Because you know we've seen him improve in the short roll on the pick and roll. We've seen him this year. Monty Williams was saying he's made himself a bigger target on those rolls. So where guards can find him a little bit more easily than maybe last year, Um, those are all things that he's doing that it's kind of the dirty work. It's not glorified. It's not glamorous. It's and it's very tiresome. But he's doing those things. And when he does those things, especially against a smaller team like the Warriors, like we saw last night, he is capable of punishing them with the kind of bully ball that we don't really often get to see from him.
0: Before we wrap things up here, I know it's a little bit of a short one today, but we have plenty of time this week to talk all about our Phoenix Suns. I know there was no practice today, which is no surprise, but does anybody have any insight onto Devin's injury and what we may be expecting here?
1: Uh, I'm hearing that an MRI is, uh, is taking place today, Wednesday, but they don't seem overly concerned. So uh, it's not going to be a quick thing. Hamstrings aren't usually even when it's a, a mild strain or pull, whatever the case may be. But my uh, my assumption would be we're looking at probably a couple weeks just based on on that, but that it's not going to be something that's a long term issue here for book.
0: All right. Good to hear. I mean, and if there was a time to miss a few weeks for Devin right now is not a bad time for that better to save him for the future, than to uh, put him back in too early and let him get the rest and and recovery that he needs. All right, yeah, gentlemen, I'll thank pl- you so much. Go ahead. Sorry, Espo. I was going to
1: say, I'll stick my neck out there. Uh, he'll be back well in time for that Christmas matchup with the Warriors. So.
0: Oh yeah, I believe that for sure. I don't think he would ever miss out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for tapping in today on the PHNX Suns podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Wherever you are listening to, please rate, review, subscribe, whatever you are willing to do to help us out. We always appreciate your support. And if you'd like to become a member at gophnx, gophnx.com and read all of Gerald's sweet, sweet content, please head over there, check it out. Um, you can get some really great deals and discounts. And of course, you get access to our uh, members only discounts for our merge. So if you haven't taken a peek at that, now is a great time to do so again at gophnx.com. I'm Lindsay Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AC. You can follow Saul Bookman on Twitter at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald on Twitter at Gerald Bourget. And of course you can follow Espo on Twitter at Espo. Espo.
1: Remember nostalgia is a hell of a drug and ahoy, ahoy.